the sad reality of it is tremendous amount of good relationships are broken down from insecurities, business, personal relationships, families, brothers, sisters. It's just all, it's terrible because, you know, someone's not secure in who they are as a person, which ultimately they portray that into somebody else. And then the relationship is tarnished and it's fucked, unfortunately. So it happens all the time in business. The more you earn, the more the shitter it gets. Believe me. Yeah, it's not good. It does, doesn't it? The funnier people get. Anytime I've ever had partners or kind of thing, I always make a statement. I said, look, just don't get weird. The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we're back with another episode of the Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. I've got an exciting guest here. This episode is brought to you by Moved30.com, M-O-V-D. 30.com, where we transform entrepreneurs to get into momentum fast and stop being sluggish. What is up, Bill Welsh? How you doing, man? Now that is energy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I'm, I'm good, buddy. Thank you very much. You know what me. I mean? I'm here for the yeah, night. You got to get the flexion going. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. No, that's very good. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you being uh reaching out and everything else lovely to be here and connect with you in this great podcast so thank you buddy for having me so i'm sure we're going to talk about your objection box and talking about hooks analogies and frameworks but i probably wouldn't do a very good job if i didn't have a good hook so i want to ask you really quick what is it about dan bilzerian that you thought was so cool Dan Bilzerian, uh, I don't know, when I was like 16 years of age and you see Dan Bilzerian, you're like, oh my God, is that what life should be? <laughs> and you're like, this kid going around absolutely jacked to the teeth, uh, got a big fat black beard and he's got a load of women hanging off and smoking weed. You're like, oh my God, is this it? Is this heaven? Is this what it actually supposed to be? But uh, yeah, you find out fairly fast. Um, it's two different types of this world, as they say. I got two kids and a partner, so maybe not the Dan Bilzerian fan anymore. But definitely when I was 16 years of age, looking at that, I was like, oh, my days. <laughs> yeah, I was looking That's back on show. some of your profile stuff. You're like, this guy's the man. And I was like, you know, that's, oh, probably, yeah. prob- that's probably a pretty good uh, conversation starter, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I looked at Dan and but here's the other thing like because once you see once you're 14 15 16 even up to 18 21 you see instagram as facebook you know social media as this you know be all and end all of life uh and then after a couple of years of getting kicked in the mouth you realize okay this is not what it's meant to be this is actually what life is supposed to be all about it's about dodging and ducking and actually trying to achieve things as best as you can you know and it's not supposed to be as easy as they make it out to be in all of those places so we learn as they say yeah you know um he's been in a few interviews and he yeah. uh, expresses the story of the well i don't know if i put him in the filthy rich category but he expresses the um uh, the dissatisfaction of overindulgence And he actually ends up talking in a lot of interviews about how he never really found, I mean, he had the fun. He'll never deny that. He'll never say that it wasn't exciting, all those things, but that deep down, you know, characteristics that we all look for um, are usually in in heavy uh, quality relationships, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's not until you get older and you start having kids and you start having meaningful relationships with people that you understand the true meaning of happiness and, I don't know, it's something that we've always, and it's a good thing you kind of brought it up with entrepreneurs. I think it's always a case of on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. 
you start off wanting 10k months then you get 10k months then you want 50k months you get 50k months then you want 10k days you get 10k days then you want 50k days and there's never enough you know and that's something that i as a person a dad a partner a, a young man an entrepreneur just like you uh definitely trying to find that the real level of satisfaction and contentment you know something i've always tried to have but something that's always kind of eluded me so what can you do I, I think that's a really good conversation to have. And we're going to, we'll get into sales and things like that. But this, yeah, this yeah. podcast a lot is about kind of the evolution and, and the transformation that we go through. And I think one of the things that you just brought up, which is valuable, is that, you know, I, I think you're a, you're a big footballer fan. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Big sports guy, whatever it is, if it can be kicked, if it can be thrown, it can be tackled, it can be slammed, it can be scored. Sign me up. I'm on all of it. All of it. I love it all. Yeah. And I think that like that opens up the door of like, um, you know, how often do you go back to those things? Because, you know, talking about the $10,000 days or 10K months, 10, you yeah. know, 10K um, hours or whatever it is, 150K a month, whatever those are. I think sports athletic uh, ability and camaraderie, it, it's the beauty of one guy can have no money and the man can have it all, but it's an equalizer. Do you, do you tend to still kind of go back and play in those sports and stay active in those things? Uh, I used to, but now as I, as I'm in London and stuff like that, it's just uncomfortable hours. You know what I mean? Because you have to understand with sales and, you know, running a business globally, as they say, um, it doesn't leave a whole lot to sociable hours. You know, it's like seven o'clock now here for me on a Friday afternoon, which is a Friday evening. You know what I mean? So there are certain things that take priority um, for me. Obviously, I've I, I done a tremendous amount of sports. You know, I played on tremendous amount of teams and been really successful in different avenues. Um, but now there's a level of responsibility because I got a team to provide for. I got people that have heavily invested in me, you know, and in coaching them and developing them. So I have an awful lot of, uh, I suppose, you know, attachment to that, but I also got my family and I also got all that kind of stuff. So I would love to, um, I would love to if they would play a game at 6am in the morning when everybody else is asleep. But unfortunately that don't, that don't fly with nine to fivers as they say. So it's, it's something I've always wanted. And I, I still go to an awful lot of sport to do again. Um, but it's just something I just can't do anymore, unfortunately, which is a shame. Yeah. We got to find those outlets. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. like they become one yeah. or the other. I, yeah. um, I'm going to take you back a little bit because it doesn't seem like a lot of your attitudes change. I think that as you, as I try to do my homework and do a good job and learn about you a little bit as well, um, yeah. we do transition some of those things into other things in competitive nature. And I'm going to yeah. take you back to like, 14 you said best of luck to people getting these results tomorrow if it doesn't go as planned don't worry they are so many ways to succeed in life regardless of mm -hmm. what that piece of paper says i've left school nearly five to six years ago and can't remember the last time needed to use fractions or minus numbers it's not all about it's cracked up to be that school uh that school business find your own happiness in life and that, that was a few years back you take that back about eight years ago um wow what, you have what was kind of going on during that time? <laughs> yeah, it's a funny thing um, because I, I look at there's different situations in life when when someone's external pressure is put on top of you. And I, I remember being in school and stuff like that and 
school for me was supposed to be the be all and end all. And you know what I mean? You were supposed to do this, you were supposed to do that. You were supposed to have this type of grade and stuff like that. And I've always, I've always leaned in on being personal with people. There's things that I haven't learned in school that ultimately took me to where I am today. You know, so what I what I probably meant with all that is it doesn't matter what that says. It doesn't matter who says this doesn't matter what happens. You always will will continue to be in control of what you get and what your destiny is and whatever. Some will say that's very philosophical of you, Bill. But I truly believe that if you want it to happen, it will happen because you're in control. So I've always had that kind of um, that attitude of if I say it, I'm going to do it. And if I do it, then I'm going to say it. You know, and I don't ever, I remember like being a kid, um, you know, wearing shoes that nobody else would wear in my hometown, you know, and always having that kind of edge of, well, this is just me. I'm comfortable in myself. I'm comfortable in what I do. And you can get with it or you can get run over by it, one or the other. That's my attitude. There's an awful lot of stuff in life. Yeah. It's always been like that. Yeah. It's always been like that, which is funny. It's funny that you bring up a post nearly 10 years ago it's funny i've never changed you know that's good yeah i wouldn't even gone back 10 years but there you go thank you i appreciate that <laughs> you got it man and these are the cool things that you know when we transition or or we we find our ways in in, in the evolution of ourselves um these are the things that kind of come up and in yeah. and, and, and for you during that time um did you, did you have much of a sales background did you have an entrepreneurial spirit what was kind of going around about eight years ago yeah what was going on at that yeah, time? So, you, uh, yeah, good question. Not so much financial side, but you know, what was the what was the what was the hustle? What was the hustle? Yeah, yeah. So, I, just to give you a bit of a backstory, so I, I when I left school, I got a scholarship to go to play sports in school in college. You have over there, it'd be like university, and uh, I spent three months there, and then and I ended up getting um, uh, applying for the military in Ireland. At that time, when I applied for the military in Ireland, uh, there was an embargo. So we were just coming out of a recession and they stopped all entries into the military. Um, they lifted it and they had 40 places in the whole of Ireland. Four and a half million people, five million people live in Ireland. Over 10,000 people went for these 40 places. And I was one of the 10. I was 18 years of age, just literally turned 18 with a week. And uh, I literally landed in in Cork that we spoke on and I went to the military barracks and I spent 12 months there and I just learned, developed, grew as a person, learned what it's like to have hard work dedicated into you, learned what it's like to have people shout in your face and still be okay at the end of the day. I learned hard lessons, you know what I mean? I learned hard knocks, you know, because I see a tremendous amount of young people coming up and they just, they just want it. And you don't want to do what's actually required. They just want it because they see someone else having it. So they feel entitled to it. You know, so I've learned I've learned a lot um, very, very quickly in life. And I hold an awful lot back to military, you know, because it gave me discipline. It gave me structure. It gave me control. It allowed me to use my body. It allows me to use my brain, my head. It allowed me to connect with people. It allowed me to be loyal to people. You know what I mean? So I take an awful lot away from that. Um, so that's what I did. I, I was in military then for four and a half years and I came to London then because I fell in love. As they say, it's either one or the other. Um, Jason, it's either love or money. No matter what you do in life, if you move anywhere, it's either for two things, either love or money. So mine was love. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, mine was love. Uh, and when I came here, I, I, I stepped into fitness. You know, I stepped into the fitness game. I was a personal trainer here for nearly six years. 
I remember the first six months I got paid $40. So it's far about $50 a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You imagine trying to live in London on $50 a week. Yeah. You won't come too far. So yeah, it was a, it was a tough struggle for the first number of years. And I think an awful lot of that uncomfortable situation of being in military and having uncomfortable problems and, you know, systems and structures you got to overcome and all that kind of stuff really, really stuck with me. Even to this day, you know, nearly 10 years ago, it did stick with me. But um, so I spent four and a half years in military, then came to London, spent six, seven years then as a PT. And then and then one big dirty C word wiped it off the board. You know, that COVID wiped it completely out of the board uh, and everything I built over those six years just got completely shut down. And that's how I fell into sales. That was only that was only less than two years ago. You know, and that was interesting years. that that. Um... I think this is an interesting conversation for the fact that um, each one of these stories that you're telling had a grind to them. It sounds, yeah, it had absolutely. Kind of a, a get up, pull your you know bootstraps up, and regardless of the emotional output, you just kept going to work, and yeah. and, and it kind of leads to somewhere. Um, yeah. During that time. Um, you were doing physical training. Um, I, I saw that you, I, I always consider, I'm a, I'm a gym rat, been a gym rat my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine is a little different. I don't really go into the gym as much. I do more of Muay Thai and I train right. Muay Thai, things like that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still get after it here at the house. Um, in that, um, what are your thoughts now? You've moved over from, you know, think during COVID and things like that. What was, what was that transition in your brain? Was it like, was it kind of like, um, and I think people need to hear this because you've obviously yeah. risen, you've risen through the process, but um, that kind of kick in the gut, kick in the balls or whatever that was in the transition. Yeah. Did you have that moment yeah. of like, what am I going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I have it every day. <laughs> it's that fear that ultimately keeps me aligned. It's the fear of, of losing it all. It's the fear of, um, the fear of going back to that day when I was making $40 a week. Yeah. That fear never changes. You, know, you think, make, you think it's, and this is an interesting conversation. Do you think it's really fear? You think that that's really there or do you think it's our own thing that just we create on our own? Yeah. I think I, it, I, it, it's, it's irrational. It's ir- irrational thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you can bring in multiple six figures a month in revenue and multiple six figures a month in cash, um, it's complete irrational thinking. Do you know what I mean? It, it makes no logical sense, but I won't switch it off. Why? Because it got me this far. Mm-hmm. And if I switch it off, then what do I have to keep me aligned? What do I have to keep me motivated? What do I have to keep me accountable? But also now I got kids, I got a partner, I got houses, I got this, I got that. And I've all that kind of moving on and I've got things that need me to be that fucking switched on. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I lean on it all the time. That fear, that uncertainty of what if, you know what I mean? But I use it as fuel. There's a difference. Most people use it to leave them stuck. Mm. I use it as fuel to fucking get after it. If I got to invest, I'll invest. If I got to do training, I'll in training. If I got to coach, I'll get coached. You know, I won't use it in a way that most people use it, which ultimately stops them. I use it as a way to launch. You know, do you ever go to the airport and you get all those, um, you know, in the you know, at the back of the airplane, you know, when they're all parked up and they got that like sheet straight up because they push off that. I sort of yeah. use it at, because if I don't use it, it's going to use me. That's always what I said. Well, that's a good line. Mind. That's a really good line. Yeah. You know, 
every day. If I don't use it, it's going to come back and use me. And it's going to use me in whatever capacity that it wants to, which I'm not in control of. So I've always had it. I've always had it, even to this day, you know, nearly 30 years of age. I've always had it, yeah. I think that I noticed as well, you, you were a fan of, of lions. You posted some stuff about lions. And sometimes you don't know if you're the lion until it's time to be the lion. And yeah. I think utilizing that same analogy, if we could use that, <laughs> use analogies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think analogies on as a lion of an analogy is basically if you ever watch a lion in its territory, it's, it is the laziest animal in the jungle by far. Yeah. Yeah. But they're always on alert they, they literally are smelling out the fear of the tribe and they're yep. staying alert and then utilizing and pushing that through and i think that what you just shared is is what people need to understand about fear is that statement is that what you really want is on the other side of that fear of that creation that you had yep. so what was the you you were always someone that you know would dig in you, you learned some roots when it came from military and um, were you, were you one of those guys in the military where you went in and you like came out and then, you know, mom was like, I don't even recognize you. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, pro I probably was the, uh, I was probably the opposite to be quite honest with you. I spent, I spent 18 months, like believing the military was like the be all and end all. And after maybe 18 months, I was like, okay, this doesn't, not all this makes sense. Mm. I'm a very, I'm a very kind of transparent person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I respect people that respect me. And yeah. I have a very hard time for people that don't respect people just because they don't want to. So what I mean by that is if I am a sergeant in the military and I have this tree pip on my chest and I don't respect you because you don't have a tree pip in your chest and I speak down to you because this is who I am, because this elevation allows me to do that, then that doesn't fly with me. So yeah. what I mean by that is like I got... Like I got a, I got a, a guy in, in the Philippines who just does some, you know, uh, marketing stuff and just video creation stuff. And um, I'll speak to him the exact same way that I would speak to my marketing guy, you know, with that level of respect, that level of care, that level of, of, of love. And he messages me all the time because I pay him more than what he asks all the time. And he just messages me all the time and says, Bill, thank you so much. You've allowed my family to have this, 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 and this, this week. And I'm like, that means more to me than anything in this world, because that just shows me as a person, no matter true at all, no matter what you make or what you do or who you help or what you help or where your lights are or where you end up. If you can be, if you can be the same person to the biggest superstar in the world, to the person that opens up the door, that, that to me is everything. You know what I mean? Because that means to me that I was raised right. And it means that my kids will be raised right. You know what I mean? So that that's everything for me in, in how you respect people. So in military, it's not really like that. It's more based on I'm a rank and you're not, and I'm your superior and I speak to you whatever way I like. So after a while, I, I started looking at things. I was like, okay, this doesn't really align with who I am as a person. Mm. You won't respect me just because not even a who I am as a person, not even a what I say, not even how I look, but what I actually wear. And where I where I lie in that ranking file, not you're not looking at me as a person, you're looking at me as a place. And for me, that was just weird, you know. And it, it just doesn't align with who I am as a person internally. So then I started to drift the other side of it, you know what I mean. And then I eventually came out four and a half years later, you know. So, but I take an awful lot from that. And I like even the thing about the line, 
um, which is very, very important. But it's funny. The lion, yes, is the laziest person in, in, the, in the jungle. But when it's time to do what, who turns up? He's, he's the most savage. Yeah. When it's time to fucking spin heads and it's time to turn up and fucking make shit happen, who is the person that brushes it off, dusts himself, shakes him off and fucking goes and does it? You know, so there's always there's always that look that they give when they're eating their prey, and then they yeah, look yeah. up at the hyena as they're looking as they're eating their prey. You just yeah. you see the hyena just kind of there could be twelve of them, and they just back off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can see their pants just falling off, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, well, they're they're asses, their ass has to sit cool. a little low, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think that something that's interesting because what you just brought up. And this idea, and maybe there is, I'm, I'm not one to say, uh, I think uh, studying war is really important um, in understanding what people are willing to do as, as humans to other humans. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't in the military, but I think that there's something there that maybe there's some things that in the military that is there. But I think that in, in, in the private sector, one of the things that I noticed through working with someone um, that had actually been in, in corporate and the conversation was that they went in and they'd gotten this review and it was this old thinking um, and you've heard it before, I'm sure, but it's that old thinking of like, I'm going to give you this review, but I can't say that you're excellent because if I do, then you have nowhere else to grow. You ever hear that one? Yeah. And it's like, what do you, this is the, this person that I'm talking about is probably the best qualified person they'd ever had in their organization. And they still use that old adage of build or what is it? Break you down to build you up. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, and I think that we should be in a place where we evolve that we shouldn't, the leadership shouldn't be afraid that that yeah. person, I mean, maybe if the guy's a prick or something like that, but ultimately most people that come and work in organizations, especially if they're in a place of um, revenue generating or anything like that, they're probably not trying yeah. to take the company over. No, it's just internal insecurities from a person. That's all it is. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to highlight you. I don't want to I don't want to put you in the spotlight because then it's going to take me out of the spotlight. It's just internal insecurities. That's all that is. Yeah, so see it day one of the day things. Day. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying I see it day in, day out with people. Yeah, unfortunately. And the sad reality of it is tremendous amount of good relationships are broken down from insecurities, business, personal relationships, families, brothers, sisters. It's just all, it's terrible because, you know, someone's not secure in who they are as a person, which ultimately they portray that into somebody else. And then the relationship is tarnished and it's fucked, unfortunately. So it happens all the time in business. The more you earn, the more the shitter it gets. Believe me. Yeah, it's not good. It does, doesn't it? The funnier yeah. people get. Yeah. Uh, anytime I've ever had partners or gone anything, I always make a statement. I said, look, just don't get weird. Like, <laughs> I say it every single time. I'm like, just don't get weird. Like we're going to go through some things where we tend to feel weird and we don't know what to do. Just yeah. don't get, like, just come in and be like, I'm, I don't feel, I feel off on this. There, yeah. There's a setting that unfortunately with power and, and I don't know if you ever heard of um, Robert Greene, 48 laws of power. Um, but there is certain times when you should hold those things back and certain times when you shouldn't show all of your cards but the closer that you get to people the, and, and those that are real and you're like, we're in battle together, like we got to go get this food. And if I yeah. know 
that you don't have a good gun <laughs> and I've got a good gun, like, yeah. but I know you got all the bullets. Yeah. We got to figure this shit out. <laughs> we yeah, got yeah. yeah. to figure this shit out. So I'm going to kind of jump a little bit back and this is 2020. And, and I think that there's something here that I, that I did notice and, and something that in, even in our conversation and in, in you sharing that, like, Hey, this is the person that I am. And you said uh, the, the latest mom who joined, cause you guys say mom, we said mom, I'm assuming mom's mom that was there who joined uh, my movements over the last few days. Um, happy Monday. And one of the things they says, I'm really happy today is the best I have felt in a long time. I actually believe for the first time that I can do this. And if that was 2020, was that during your time of uh, physical training and that yep. time of your life? Yep, absolutely. So uh, uh, um, like I said to you, I was uh, in fitness and stuff like that. And I had um, had an online kind of group that I was operating on and helping people. So I had, um, uh, I think at one stage over 40 people that I was personally coaching in, in fitness, which was which was great for me. Um, but as, as everything went COVID, it just kind of just fell by the wayside, unfortunately. So I used to coach a tremendous amount of great people, you know, who were really struggling with their weight for a large amount of time. Um, even one of the girls was in a wheelchair. Mm. I'll tell you this. So she was in a wheelchair. She was medically um, disabled, which was mm. nothing to do with her own. She had a deficiency in her bones, which meant that um, that her her bones couldn't carry the amount of weight that she had on her body. Sure. But the medication ultimately swelled her up. Now, when you take steroids or anything else like that, it ultimately retains the fluid and it retains all the shit in your body. So she was in a catch twenty two. So her body couldn't sustain it and her body was failing because the medicine was just was just killing her as well so she was in this vicious cycle and she couldn't walk she couldn't fucking run she couldn't do push-ups she couldn't do anything okay mm. so she was like eight stone overweight and she came to me and she said like this is it like i'm in a wheelchair i don't want to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life but i need help and i said all i want you to do is commit to me you commit to me and i'll get you out of that wheelchair and so she did you know, she messaged me. She literally just messaged me about two days ago um, and told me that she was dancing at her at her, her daughter's wedding. She got double <laughs> hips done, double knees done. Yeah. So I've always kind of been in that position where I've had enough amount of internal kind of conviction and certainty and confidence in who I am as a person. And I've always I've always been in a position where I've wanted to help great people do great stuff. You know, so when when that was done and, you know, other people, are, you know, without going too dark and as another girl was suicidal and kind of coached her back and now she has a family and everything else and you know kids and all that kind of stuff so i've done i've done i've done a couple of cool shit in my life you know in different avenues and different places and stuff like that and the shit that i'm doing now with the objection box and everyone else like that's it's similar stuff so it's great you know because not only do you put yourself in a position where you can take care of your own family and you know, financially, emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually and everything else, but you're also taking care of other people's family. And that for me is everything, you know, brings me back to the respecting, it brings me back to that whole care and that idea of looking after people. So yeah, that was fitness. Uh, and then I came out of that and into sales. I started full-time in sales. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to see what was the, who, who was the thing? What was the catalyst? What was the trigger? What, what was that moment that just went, yeah. wait a minute? Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of them. There's a couple of big key components. Um, the first one, obviously, COVID wiped me off the board. The funny thing was my wife was my partner. I call her my wife. We've been together nearly 10 years, but uh, 
she was eight months pregnant. With it. Yeah, so she likes to say it anyway. So without everything else, but she was eight months pregnant at the time. I had my second baby in May. So she was eight months pregnant at the time. And I started full time or started in sales about April, um, just before that, you know, and I was a friend of mine, David Kingsbury came to me and said, look, I have this online program that I want to sell. Um, the bit, the gyms are shut, you know, uh, can you help me with this? I know you've done your own sales and stuff like that with your own programs. Would it be okay if you could do mine? So I did. And at the time, Jason, we were selling 79 pound packages. We were giving people push-ups, sit-ups and jumping jacks. Like that's the concept of what we were giving because no one had weights. Nobody had any gym membership. People were dying, unfortunately, in COVID. People were losing their jobs. People were losing their homes. So I had all of the big objections, which are time, think about it, money, partner, fear. And then I had all the six that came through COVID. No money. My cousin died. I have no gym equipment. I have no space at home to do all this exercise. I'm potentially losing my job and all of this kind of stuff. I had everything. And it was just a battle every day. And... Uh, I think the first month I was averaging anywhere between 25 to 35 sales a day or a week. Uh, and something just clicked. I was like, there's something here. This is easy. <laughs> if I can do it uh, in my head, I'm like, if I can do this now, selling like a program of literally jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups and some ver variation of that kind of idea in the height of the coronavirus, when everyone has all these problems and everything else, then we will get out of COVID eventually. And I think there's something here for me. So once I kind of hit that kind of idea and then I was all in, I was hooked on it then. I was hooked on the idea of, you know, influence like this on the phone, on a Zoom, you know, helping someone out of their way. Every 30 minutes, I was getting paid 35 pounds. So I was like, I'm getting paid more money if I broke it down per hour than I was as a PT, I had to drive 40 minutes to the gym. So spend all day there, be there at six, come home at nine. And I'm in my office now, my bedroom's like five doors away. I'm in a pair of shorts and I got no shoes on. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is okay. Cause I had a new baby coming through and everything else. And I was like, yeah. I want to be around. I want to be a dad that's actually present. You know, I want to be a dad that's actually here and actually gets to see my little girls every day. So that was that was it. Once I cracked that, I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. This is who I am. You know, so those are the kind of two big keys. And then I walked into high ticket sales, um, probably October, November, December, went full time in January 2021, January 2021. And um, without being a an arsehole about it kind of took off like a rocket and here we are today yeah so it's been a fun mad ride but it's not stopping anytime soon i hope well let's get in, let's get into kind of some tactical things um i think that's something as you transitioned you used probably a lot of your personal uh your personal personality when it's one-on-one -on -one. um yeah. and then when, when when you get into like zoom and you get into some of these other things what are some some of these techniques that you find um, that are valuable for you. We, if we talk about sales, or sometimes you can be too pushy. Um, yeah, I think that uh, you know, I think that even when we met, you know, I I think that I was, hey man, and then I just started talking about something that was not even what it was, and then yeah, you know, yeah. 
yeah. then I pitched you an idea, you know, <laughs> but, but, but for you, and I think that a lot of what people maybe want to hear a little bit of tactic. Um, and, sure. and I think that one that comes up a lot is that we're in an era right now where everybody's trying to sell um, yep. something. And yep. so what are some things or ways that you find to diffuse the sale in the beginning so that yep. you don't turn into kind of a pitch war? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the biggest thing, no matter what you think, no matter what you call your call, you call it a strategy call, you call it a breakthrough, you call it whatever. It's a fucking sales call. Mm -hmm. So just be very transparent. I just learned very, very quickly. Be very transparent with people. Be open with people. Like, don't don't bullshit. Don't I, I always say I don't bluff it. I, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk truffle to you. I'm going to be honest with you. And if I can help you, I can help you. So the biggest thing that I would definitely say is be honest with people straight away because people actually value that. They actually respect it more than, than them feeling that you're tricking them into a position because there's nothing more disgenuine than actually someone talking about the weather, someone talking about your family, someone talking about where you live, someone talking about who you are as a person and all this kind of garbage. Just be very transparent with, with people, be honest with people and just be very open and respectful. That's the first thing I would definitely say across the board. Um, and um, when you go through your report stage, um, how, how, how far or deep do you like to go into, a, into your report stage until you actually pitch that? Because I don't think that you're the kind of guy that just like, no. I could just tell even in our conversation, but I don't think you're the guy that like opens up a DM and you're like, hey, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think... I think for, for me, I don't fluff it. I'm very honest with people. I wear my heart in my chest. You know what I mean? I'm very kind of transparent across the board. So if I'm, if I'm messaging you or whatever it may be, first, I just want to build a connection and a relationship. And if I can offer any element of support and any element of, of encouragement or coaching or development or anything like that, then I'll just let you know. You know what I mean? I won't fluff you and trick you into making a decision. I will just tell you straight up, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And this is what I'm going to provide you. And this is the guarantee of it. So I'm just very, I'm probably not a typical salesperson across the board. I don't build rapport in that traditional way of talking about the weather. And hey, yeah. man, that guitar that you got on your, on, the, on your wall there, how often do you play it? Who fucking cares? Hey man, I love fucking Bruce Lee. How many films have you watched? You're like, I that you just know straight away this fella's talking absolute truffle garbage. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just I just don't. You know what I mean? I just won't fluff it with you. I'm just not gonna speak on something that I don't know because you think that I might like it. I don't I've never watched a Bruce Lee film in my entire life. Well, I mean but now, I, I mean now you got him. Yeah, now I got it. But if I came and I said to you, hey buddy, I love Bruce Lee. And then you said, hey, did you see the film X, Y, and Z? And I couldn't answer that. Then you just know I'm full of shit. Yeah. So most people fuck themselves up before they even get into a conversation because they talk absolute garbage and then they lose the person straight away. Well, and, and, and obviously you, your story wasn't the money. You, you, you traveled for love. Um, but I think that a lot of times people forget, um, and I can only speak as a guy, but it's it's if you go up to women and you say <laughs> what your objective is right away you you may you may get somewhere um i'm not saying that assertiveness doesn't get you somewhere but you're never really going to get anywhere with any depth no, um, no sure. and, but and it's a transaction then, isn't it yeah you can find some yeah you 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 hit the clubs enough you can find your transaction <laughs> yeah yeah, but, but it uh, depends on what you want, isn't it? Whether mm -hmm. you just want a transaction or you want to build a relationship. 
you want you want to find somebody that you love and care for or you just want to have something that you can have an all night stand with you got to understand what the end goal are and i always tell my guys find north star because if you have the north star no matter where you go as long as you look up as long as you look right you'll always have what's there so that's what always bring you back to the conversation that's what always bring you back to the end stage and the goal so no matter where the conversation goes a bit like what our conversation went went a bit left and right and then we came live but you just knew the end stage and the end goal was to shoot this podcast yeah we had uh eli wild on and yeah. um i had noticed that you, you're probably cool with him and that yeah, probably yeah, was eli, a cool yeah, and we, we had a blast and we had a good old time. And I was like, well, if that guy can get along with that guy, and I can get along with that guy. <laughs> I probably don't have to really say yeah. much, you yeah, know. Yeah, be any difference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eli's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Eli's a great, great person. Really successful in what he does. You know, I look to Eli for an awful lot of stuff. You know, he's, he's a good mentor of mine, but also a good person. Mm-hmm. And that's key. He's a good, good person. And if you speak to him long enough and you get around him long enough, you'll most people will definitely have that to say about them. Yeah. But it's funny because connections are funny because um, we grew <laughs> Yeah. We group with who we believe are on our same wavelength, you know, yeah. and that's, that's, that's life, you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. But someone that can transcribe across all of them, that's a killer. That's a person that who will be successful in everything that he does. You know, that's, that's the key. And I think something that that actually just brought up this conversation, and I'm sure that you can kind of uh, bring this up as well, is that I think that we, a lot of where the world is right now is we're spending a lot of time doing the encyclopedia sale or the, uh, you know, the um, uh, come knock on your door and, and sell solar to you right in front of you. And, and I'm not yeah. saying that those things don't work. They actually, yeah. are, they're artists at what they do. Those guys yeah. do what they do. But I think that, um, and maybe, you know, you'd have a, some conversations with these too, is that we forget that there has to be a set of attraction before you can go into the actual sale and the close. Absolutely. And if you take even our conversation, I mean, I kind of, op- if we kind of dissect where we kind of were, I opened up, hey man, I, we were actually talking about a problem I was having with a corporation called T-Mobile. And these guys, I had to go on Twitter and these bastards, I had to freak. And we just started shooting the shit. Like you asked me how, I think it was like, hey man, I saw you on here, you know, how's your day going? And I was like, this is how my day's going. I can tell you know but I think yeah. that one thing is that we forget that the attraction to what conversation we had um also the conversation or that you know seeing someone like Eli while you actually pulled you you had already pulled the in the the um desire your way and so these conversations are not harsh and I think that what people are doing is they're getting into direct messages, they're getting cold, and they're immediately trying to just go, hey, by the way, you know, do you want five VAs to schedule 27 appointments for you in one week? Yeah. And there's really nothing there. So yeah, what, do you, no what do you think about that? You know, what do you think about that kind of, I don't want to use the word law that of attraction. Cool. Yeah, it's not law of attraction at all. It's just the wrong thing to do straight up. Because if I if I open up a conversation, I've never spoke to you in my entire life, and I just verbally assault you in your DM, because that's basically what people do. I verbally get sick on you, 
uh, it's never going to work because you have to understand as well, Jason, as you do, uh, this thing here changed the world. That thing here uh, ultimately changed the world because it brought our attention span from maybe 15 minutes down to about 14 seconds at best. And if I'm jumping on this and you message me and I have to read five layers, I'm like not doing it. Because if I don't even know you, next minute you're just verbally assaulting me and verbally getting sick on me with fucking VAs, uh, you're just getting to get a flat block, you know, and it's just the wrong approach. you got to provide value. you got to build a connection. you got to figure out, does that person even want to speak to me? And do I even have something of value to offer him? And if you don't have any of those things, don't fucking message it. I had a guy the other day was like, hey, buddy, are you struggling at sales? I was like, you clearly didn't do any research, my friend. You are struggling at sales because if you message me, am I struggling at sales? That means you are struggling at sales because you haven't been on the research. You're just mandem, magically blank messaging 100 fucking people every hour. So you gotta you gotta tactically do it properly, you know, because the, the people that are doing it properly are making all the money. And the people that are just thinking that they're doing it fast and that they're, you know, skipping the line, you're just getting battered left, right, and center, you know, and you're always gonna get battered because you're not doing it right, in my opinion. I want to talk a little bit about, and this is a fun, I think that one that I enjoy, um, and I think when somebody does it well, and in your objection box. Um, and I did do my homework and you got you? Guys crushing it. Um, yeah. But when it comes to um, analogies, uh, this is one that I don't see in somebody's um, uh, cover photo. I don't, I don't yeah. see, I, I see hooks. I see frameworks, um, yeah. but, but I enjoy analogies. I think that they're a lot of fun and they kind of yeah. divert from the conversation and they kind of bring you back in. Maybe you can talk yeah. a little bit about why you um, like analogies and why you use it in in um in uh in your depiction of yeah. the objection box yeah absolutely so for me analogies have been a great or a, a great kind of leveler for me in terms of so if you come to me with an issue a concern an objection and i can build an analogy around that objection but also show the benefit of getting over that objection then you're off to the winds because what it does it relates where you are where i am something of commonality between both of us, something that you understand and I understand, something that you can see the end state of, which is going to make sense to what I'm trying to do with you to get you to where you want to go. So for argument's sake, Jason, if you came to me and you said to me, I don't think I need coaching. I don't think I need that level of development. Then I would say to you, that's not a problem. Can I ask you this, Jason? Just off the top, man. Can I ask you this, Jason? Can you swim? What would you say? Depends how far I need to go. <laughs> but you can swim, like if I truly yeah, I, can, I can, can swim. swim. Yes. Okay, cool. When you learned how to swim, did you learn by reading a book or did you learn by getting in the pool and someone showed you how to swim? What yeah, did you I'm do? going for showed how to swim for sure. Okay, so now do you feel you need the coaching to learn how to swim in business and learn what to do and how to do it to get to where you want to go or how do you feel? Because you can read a book and you'll never have the experience of actually getting in the pool and me showing you exactly what to do, how to do it, when to do it, why you're doing it, so you don't fucking die. Which ultimately means you're going to get no income into your business, which out income in your business, you get no oxygen in your body. Or you can just learn it on your own, which makes more sense for you. Would you feel? 
Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, that makes sense. I, I would definitely uh, feel more comfortable if someone was was guiding me. Yeah, we all would. You know, and it's just, just how you make sense of the analogy, the framework, so just how you make sense of what you understand, what I understand. When you told me that you could swim, now the game is on because now I know that you probably 99% of the times didn't learn it from a book. You learned it from the pool. Now I just made the coaching make just as much sense as learning how to swim from a development coach or a swim coach or someone. Even your dad throwing you in the deep end, he didn't just leave you to die. He jumped in the deep end as well and calmed you down and cooled you down and showed you what to do and how to move your legs and so on and so And I showed you that you survived and that you got to where you want to go, which is meaning now that you can get in the pool without dying. So I showed you that the outcome is there for you if you get what? Coached. Yeah. So that's just a simple analogy how you could pierce this, a, a system and a structure and a concern like that. So I use an awful lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just do, how do you like to um, do you like to work with somebody that already kind of has specific character traits, or um, or do you like to try to find a, a specific person, for example, an engineer going into sales, or do you like to work with someone that uh, I don't know got the ladies pretty easy or something like that? <laughs> No, I, I'm not. I'm not a cherry picker of who I work with and how I work. I, I just the characteristics that I want is someone who's hardworking, someone who's open to being coached, someone who doesn't believe they know everything, and someone who actually is hard, like really developing and wanting to do big stuff, but also wanting to do it other than just making money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't mind if you just want to make money for the sake of making money, but I like people who say to me. Bill, I want to make 10K a month because I want to retire my wife and I want my wife to take care of my girls. And I want my girls to always have a parent at home and I want them to have that love, that care, that genuine family essence. To me, like that means more to me than some kid saying, hey, I want a new BMW. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. So I'm a family guy. So that's who I like. I think also what you just expressed, and I think that this is important for anybody that's going to be, if you find someone that's, that's the right fit and then, and, and then a sales, in a sales environment, um, you know, conversations with you, Bill, are great. Um, but I think that there's some honor that also comes with that. And I think that, yeah. you know, when you tell somebody, you know, hey, I want to go and do this because I want to make sure that my daughter has a great birthday every year. I think that yep. what you're sharing is super value to people that are entrepreneurs, they're salespeople, or even more than that, they're going to go and get coached. It also is how you frame, it's also how you frame yourself as a student. And I think that what you just shared right there is, is super important because when we show up as a student, you also want to sell them on why you should be their superstar because yep. anybody that's helping somebody there is, there's an honor that comes with that when you see that they have used your um, frameworks, analogies, and hooks um, with something like the objection box. When you actually yep. do it, they actually get to tell your story over and over again in their marketing and all, and all yep. the things that they do. So I think yep. what you just shared was just as valuable as being a salesperson, but also positioning yourself as selling in a way, selling your coach on why they should invest in you, because that's really what people do anyways. Yeah, yeah. But the other side of this is not investing. And you always have to ask yourself the question, am I where I want to be? And if the answer is no, then the next question you need to answer, what the shit, what the fuck, 
where the fuck, how the fuck do I get there? That's the key. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. But it's important as well to understand what the real goal is. The reason why I go that deep with my guys and the reason why I like to have that element of leverage. And that's what it is. It's leverage. Because when someone is having a bad day, someone gets off a bad call, they don't make the sale or they can't help the person out of their own way. I'll just go. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because this is where we're going and this is why we're doing it. Right. What did I just do there now with you, Jason? Mm-hmm. I just reframed your way of thinking to say it's done. It's dusted. I can't go back, but this is where I'm going because this is why it truly matters. So that's why I always do it. I'll always do that because I always have my North star with everybody. If you're having a bad day, you're having a great day. You're always going that way. There's a great, um, there's a great saying when I was, when I was 18 years, 17 years of age, I had a, I had a, we had a played our local rivals in a hurling match. And uh, I got man of the match of the day and I scored three goals, which is like, I don't know, three touchdowns for argument's sake. Like I got three goal, I picked the ball up on the 50 yard and ran it into, into the fucking whatever you call it. So it's like really, really good stuff. And especially there was like thousands of people there, right? And an old, an old, an old man came to me uh with words of wisdom and i'll never forget it it's nearly more than 10 years ago and he said to me you're never as good as they say you are when you're winning and you're never as bad as they say you are when you're losing and that's always stuck with me because no matter what people say about me um no matter what people say good and bad as long as i have who i am in here doesn't really matter and it's the same thing whether you make a sale or don't make a sale you lose a deal you don't lose a deal you lose the house that you were gunning for, you crash your car. At the end of it all, it doesn't really matter because if you're solid in here, it doesn't actually matter what goes on in the outside. You know, so it's all I've kept it always with me because it's really, really important to keep me aligned. You know, it's really, really important to keep me level, if that makes sense. It makes sense, man. This has been an amazing experience. How how do oh. people find you, Bill? Uh I don't want anyone to find me. <laughs> All right. This isn't a hunt you down. How do people get to work with you? Let's see if I can. Read yeah, yeah, no. Um, yeah, so we have the free box. Um, so we have the, the objection box community. If you want to go on my profile, it's very, very simple. You know, there's a couple of links there, links in my cover photos or profile photos. Or We're constantly sharing wins uh, across the board we we track probably anywhere six to ten new testimonials a day for all our guys inside so everyone is doing tremendous stuff um so that's where you can find me even shoot me a dm uh facebook is my is my place i'm not really massive on instagram i like to keep one one avenue um so definitely reach out there or anything like that more than happy to help any of you guys for sure If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Move is to entrepreneurs.